Hello, this is Walnut Grove Baptist Church's podcast. We are in Carthage, Texas, and that is in Panola County. Our pastor is Reverend David P. Mitchell, and our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study teacher, is Deacon Glenn Wade. But thank you so much for joining us, and you'll be joining this uh, current episode that's in progress. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for the many blessings that we stored upon us. Now, Lord, we ask that you look upon us and forgive us all our sins. We ask that you bless this uh, study on tonight. We ask that you bless the teacher, bless the student, that we all gain a thought and that we can apply to our daily life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right, Deacon Wade. Uh, this evening lesson, the dramatics of family leadership. Uh, like uh, scriptures, thirty-five, twenty-two through twenty-six, uh, thirty-eight, twelve through nineteen, twenty-four through twenty-six, and forty-nine, eight through twelve the background scripture but the lesson scripture is uh genesis 35 22 through 26 38 through 24 38 24 through 26 and 49 10 and 12 through 12. uh when you when you think about the family uh, uh that's in the bible and the bible is, is about family uh and 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 when they think about us and in, in, in the sense that we are related if you go back far enough but when you think about uh each and every family sometimes we like to think that uh that doesn't happen in my family but the bible shows us that there's some we all subject to some of the things that that <laughs> that happens and not all of them are, are pretty to look at in this family which is the uh this lesson gives us the uh, uh, the, the linkage leading up to the Lord Jesus Christ, and it has some a little bit of everything in it, and and, and, and it, maybe it should be because uh, we got uh, salvation is for everybody, and maybe it ought to be that way so we can understand that we none of us are perfect. But the twelve tribes of Israel, the twelve patriarchs will have sovereign right as, as head of, the, of their tribes. Uh, all but the tribe of Judah will lose their sovereignty over time. Judah will be the last tribe to lose his sovereignty by turning over the scepter to Jesus when he comes. When we think about it, from Adam throughout the patriarch, uh, there's a bloodline designed to usher in the promised Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. So this lesson gives us the account of that bloodline and shows us uh, who will be the final line through whom the Messiah will come. And when you think about Abraham beget Isaac and Isaac beget Jacob, and Jacob beget the 12 patriarchs. And I'm going to start with verse 22. Uh, uh, it talks about what well, it talks about not the sons of Jacob's 
were twelve. Moses gives the name of the twelve sons of Jacob, who were called the twelve patriarchs. Well, they are called the patriarchs because they became the head of the twelve tribes of Israel. Jacob had one daughter. She is not included as as a head or chief of any of the tribes of Israel. But his twelve sons, uh, he had by four different women. Uh, he married Leah and uh, supposedly that that mess with Laman that he he wanted Rachel, but he married Leah, and then these sisters, sisters produced a certain amount of children, but their their handmaids also produced children. So Laman, when he did that, he set up a whole different linkage of uh, where they all produced twelve together, produced twelve sons and one daughter. Uh, verse 23 talks about the son of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, Simeon, and Levi, and Judah, and Ezekiel, and Zebulun. And uh, in, in some ways, the names kind of symbolic of who, how these people are. So the meaning of these names. Leah means weary, tender-eyed. He was supposedly not that great of a looker. But she had a uh, tender way about her. Reuben means behold a son. And Simeon means to hear, to listen. Uh, Levi means attached or joint. Judah means praise. Ezekiah meant reward. And Zebulun meant glorious dwelling place. Uh, uh, so Leah. So Laman gives Leah in marriage to Jacob. Uh, Jacob worked for uh, seven years in, in thinking that he was going to marry Rachel. The night of the wedding, instead of getting Rachel, he was giving Leah. Uh, Laman told Jacob that in his country, the oldest must give, uh, be given in marriage before the youngest. Uh, so the sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob firstborn, and Simeon, Levi, Judah, Ezekiel, and Zebulun. Uh, Leah's sons are named in order which they were born. Again, Leah was not that beautiful to look at. Uh, scripture says Jacob did not love her as much as he did Rachel. So we got some mess going on in this family to begin with. Uh, so the sons of Rachel is Joseph and Benjamin. And Rachel mean Eve. Joseph mean increased or addition. And Benjamin means son of right hand or son of good fortune. Uh, so Rachel is the wife of favor. Uh, Jacob loved Rachel. He gave Laban 14 years of labor to have her as his lawful and legal wife. Uh, but God did not give her the ability to have children for many years. So that was a problem uh, and, a, and a constant mess between her and Leah for a while about that very thing because in those times uh, a woman proved 
how great she was, but how many children she could bear for her husband. Uh, but God eventually blessed Rachel with sons. Uh, again, the son of her sons were Joseph and Benjamin. Uh, God, for a long time, did not bless uh, Rachel to conceive uh, like Rachel, uh, Sarah, Rebecca, all those in that linkage uh, was held from childbearing for a period of time until God would bless them with a child. So she was the same way. But in the meantime, the handmaidens were used just as uh, Sarah used handmaiden with Abraham. And so did uh, Rachel and Leah use their handmaiden. And the son of Beha, Rachel's handmaiden, would uh, give, give her sons were Dan and Nepotim, the meaning of these names. Bela, I hope I pronounced it right, means bashful and fluttering. Dan means judgment, or he is judged. Nepotilla means uh, my wrestling or struggling. So Rachel gives a handmaid to Jacob to bear children for her. And, and behold, he did take her, and she did bear... Uh, children for Rachel. And the sons of uh, of her sons were, again, Nathan, Dan, and Nepotism. Uh, they are given these names, uh, Dan, uh, because his name would be the reminder for Rachel of, of the blessing God had given her by removing the stigma associated with her being a barren wife. The tribe of the Danielite was a faithless tribe who fell into analysis. We'll see that later on as we study uh, the different tribes. Nephitella represented uh, the race of the end of her strife between her and her sister Leah. And their biggest strife was, was about, first of all, they shared the same husband and Rachel figured it was her husband, and Leo figured it was her husband because she married him first. And, and that whole mess that Lehman started uh, became a, a problem for them for many years, the two sisters. Uh, so it continues for a while. And the sons of Zephyr, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Leo's handmaidens, produced uh, Gad and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob, which were born to him in Paradigm, the meaning of these names. Uh, her name means uncertain. Uh, Gad means lucky uh, or fortune. Asher means happy and blessed. So Leah gives her handmaiden, and, and he produces these sons. When, uh, when Leah saw that she had left Baron, she took her handmaiden and gave it to Jacob. Uh, and and uh, he and produced these two sons. So it's a, it's a constant back and forth about who can produce the most sons. Uh, uh, and, and like I said, that was part of what they were or who they were when 
when it came down to that, was their way of showing her how good a woman they were by how many sons they produced. So this this goes on on and on for many years. The sons uh, uh, were Gad and Asher, and of course, uh, these are sons by her handmaiden. Now, Gad means luck or fortune. Uh, a, uh, the, the tribe of the Gadonites were warriors, fierce fighters, and skilled archers. Asher. Uh, was considered uh, happy, content, and love riches. He is a, he was considered the kind of man and looked for to others for validation. Uh, uh, I guess he had a from what we study, he had a, a great attitude of, about life because they, they, there's a a part Doctor Walls talked about where his daughters of the tribe of Asher had a good reputation and was sought for wives by many kings and priests. So evidently they was uh, a happy-go-lucky people that, that made other people around them feel better. And so those are the 12 sons of, of Jacob and one daughter that he had. Now when you think about that, that was that, was, uh, that linkage. But then Genesis thirty eight twenty four to twenty six enter into a uh, different uh, way of seeing things. Because now Judah, uh, who is one of the twelve, is going to have some things going on in his life. And it came to pass about three months after that it was told Judah, saying, Tamar. Thy daughter-in-law has played the harlot, and also, behold, she is with child by horror. And Judah said, Bring her forth, and let her be burnt. Uh, there's some verses that missing in between there, and what happens in, that, in the verses that missing in between there is that Judah had three sons, Er, Onan, and Shelah, and um, the first son uh, whom was given to, to Tamar uh, once she married first and before they could have any children he died so in those days when when, when uh, the uh, older brother died and, and he had younger brothers they were to uh, have children by uh, the wife would be given to the next brother and she would have children by him, but but the the, the child would be dedicated to the, to the son that had already died. Now Onan did not want any of his children to be dedicated to his older brother. And in other words, he he refused to do that, and he actually died. And so the younger brother, which was not of age at the time. Uh, was to be given Tamar to be his wife when he became of age. Uh, but in between the time that, that he was supposed to be given to her, uh, Tamar became impatient with what her father-in-law was doing, and she devised a scheme. And when 
her father-in-law was in, in the area close to by where she was. She dressed up as a prostitute and disguised herself and went in the area where the, the father-in-law was, him and the other son. And instead of the other son getting with her, Judah uh, himself got with her. And she uh, played a game with him where afterward uh, he asked, she asked him what would he give her. And he gave her his ring, his bracelet, and his staff. But he was supposed to give her, he had promised her a kid. Uh, but in the process of waiting for her to give him, giving her the kid, which is a, uh, uh, a goat, uh, she, wants, she took those things in placement and she was supposed to give them back to him when she got the kid. In the time they were waiting for her, uh, Judah sent her the kid. She could not be found for three months later. That's when the scripture picks up over there on the other, I just read. Three months later, she was, by then, she was three months pregnant. And so that's what they're talking about when they say, uh, and it came to pass about three months afterward that it was told Judah saying, Tamar, thy daughter-in-law has played the harlot and behold, she is with child. So the news gets to Judah that his daughter-in-law, which is promised to his son. And in those days, those things were binding, uh, would look like she had an affair because she was already promised to the baby son. And so Judah uh, said, bring her forth and let her be burnt. As a tribal leader, it was his right to pronounce judgment over her. And so he summoned her that she should be burnt. But when she came to him, uh, he had already had her ducks in a row. And when she, verse 25 said, when she was brought forth, she said to her father-in-law saying, by the man who these are, I am with child. And she said, discerning, I pray thee, whose are these? The stigma, the bracelet, and the staff. So the evidence in determining the father of the child he presented the stuff that Judah had gave her and said, uh, whoever this stuff belonged to, that's who the father of the child is. <laughs> and of course, uh, Judah realized that uh, <laughs> he was the one at fault because all that stuff belonged to him. And verse 26 says, Judah acknowledged him and said, she has been more righteous than I because I gave her not to shell out my son, and he knew her again no more. So Judah acknowledged that he was the one that had done wrong because he did not give her to his son, but he took her for himself. Judah uh, realized that he was more gifted than Tamar. Uh, he was supposed to give her to his, to his son, and because he did not, uh, that's where all this came about. 
And you can look at this and see that one truth that we can find from this is easy to blame somebody else uh, when really the blame could could be really put on you. And he, he knew her again no more. So once he realized that he had made the mistake, uh, uh, he he, he uh, didn't mess with her anymore. But at least he made a, and most people look at that as a repentance in that he didn't fool with her again. Of course, Termar had twins. Uh, uh, and I can't pronounce their name. I think it's Perez and Zadar. But uh, that's that's part of the linkage that, 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 that leads us up to Jesus Christ. Genesis 49, 10 to 12, this prophecy is the, uh, deals with the prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until uh, Shiloh comes, and unto him shall the gathering of the peoples be. So the scepter means an a, a, a ornament staff carried by the rulers and ceremonial occasion as a symbol of sovereignty. Uh, when we look at the Ten Commandments, Moses carried kind of a similar stick around, but that is a more uh, fancier than, than that one. And, and shallow means peaceful one, uh, uh, peacemaker, which is what Jesus was. And the scepter was a symbol of, of the staff of authority. In other words, that gave them an authority. Pharaoh tells Moses to rule your kingdom with that, that stick he gave him. So that was a symbol of who Moses was supposed to rule. And the 12 tribes of Israel all but lost uh, uh, their identity except Judah. Long as the other tribe had lost their individual uh Visuality, Judah continued to be a, a nation with the remnants of its tribe. In other words, they kept it kept his uh, authority when many of the other ones kind of faded into the uh, into the past. And David is, is is a part of that kingdom. So the prophecy that that uh, God guaranteed that Judah will remain the tribe of Solomon rule long after the other tribes have lost their individuality. So uh, Judah will continue to hold the scepter of all the days God has appointed him to do until the Lord Jesus Christ is given it. And then uh, Judah will cease to uh, be the representative of the scepter. Coming of Jesus Christ will uh, be when they turn it over until shallow comes and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. For shallow is not speaking of a place, but rather a person. And the person this prophecy is speaking of is the Lord Jesus tribe. Uh, so the tribe of Judah will remain as an independent sovereign until Jesus comes. When Jesus comes, he will gather the nation unto him. Uh, and so we see that teaching that. Uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believing in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So uh, it lets us know that there's gonna, we can be dependent, depending on what the word of God says. So uh, he will turn it over to him, binding his phone unto the vine, and his 
asked his coat unto the choice vine. He watches his garment and wine and his clothes in the blood of the grace. This, this verse is uh, speaking of the abundant blessing of the land that God has given Judah. Uh, and it ultimately speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ's blessing to the Jews and the Gentiles, the binding of his foe unto the vine, and his ashes coat unto the choice vine. Uh, the binding of the foe in the vine is symbolically speaking of the Jews who are converted to Christ. Jesus says he is the vine. The rich blessing of the vine in, in, in the land of Canaan to the people. It speaks the abundance of blessing that the Jews will receive when they become tied to Jesus Christ. The donkey's coat tied to the choice of a young vines is spit the bringing in of the Gentiles who will be tied to Christ. And the church was manifested after the Jews' religion under the divine leadership of God the Father. So all of this is, is talking about the, the binding of, of, of all uh, divisions. Jesus procures our salvation by his cautious work on the cross. He washed his garment in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. Hebron uh, was a place where Jesus gave his life for the benefit of the world. So we see uh, these verses, they're talking about what Christ is going to do. And his garment was stained from the blood that flowed from when they pierced him in the side. And that's uh, they, that blood is compared to the wine as we look at when we talk about it, when we take the Lord's Supper. His eyes shall be red with with wine and his teeth shall be, his teeth white with milk. Uh, his eyes shall be red with wine. The blessing and the abundance depicted in the wine from grapes describe the joy that will be overflowing in the life of those that are attached or bound to Christ. The Holy Spirit will be in us and he will pour out wine of joy in the hearts of the soul of the believers. So this is just symbolic of, of, of the greatness of how great the, uh, Jesus is and his teeth white with milk. When Jesus cleanses us, he makes us as white as wool or white as snow. His cleanses us as all unrighteousness. He makes us pure like nothing else can do. So this is, again, talking about how Jesus is going to uh, wash us uh, whiter than snow for uh, what he did on the cross. Uh, so God will have us to know that the government of our lives is no longer attached to a nation or tribe, but rather it's going to be attached to a person in the Lord Jesus Christ. We won't have to look to the tribe of Israel or the, the 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 nation of Israel or the tribe of Judah. It's tied to Jesus. And in him, all our desires and all that we need is tied to him. All we need to do is remain attached to him. Uh, and he will give us abundance of blessing. And that's the... Yes, to what this lesson that I have for this lesson. Question from anybody or comments? Or... Mm-hmm. 
great lesson. They uh, they can wait and talk very well. And I did, uh, I was writing some down. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I thank God that He gave you uh, the meaning of each name, and uh, that shows when you went in deep depths. And I really uh, was helped by this lesson and how this family tree went down. And, and uh, it was shared with us at the end of this lesson that uh, some leaders are born and others are born, but both are needed to uh, be developed. So we thank you this, this afternoon for a well-taught lesson uh, that really helped me on tonight. Right. Right here. All right, Seth. All right, thank you. Thank you all for sharing with us on tonight. As you continue praying for each other, praying for sick children and the bereaved family. Uh, continue to be safe and continue uh, let the Lord lead and guide you. Hopefully, if it's the Lord, we'll see you maybe Saturday or maybe Sunday. All right. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We love you again. We thank you for this word on tonight. Thank you for this family tree. Thank you for uh, our teacher that has found on the word of God on tonight. We ask that you let us uh, be able to soak this in on tonight and share our daily lives. Father God, bless the teacher, bless the student. Just bless all of us. Keep us until we meet again. Now, may the grace of God, sweet the the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us. Hence not and forevermore. Shall we all say amen? Uh, all right. God bless. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Walnut Grove Baptist Church podcast. If you feel led to do so, you can leave a gift at bit.ly slash walnutgrovegiving. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.